Coming to you from the lab where they talk about guns, gear, training, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Mike and Big Key, and this is The Gun Experiment. How's it going, everybody, and welcome to The Gun Experiment. This week, Keith and I talk with the Tactical Cowboy and review a new gear, including an IFAC and the GBRS Hydra Optic Mount. I want to remind everyone that we release new content every Tuesday morning, so be sure to subscribe and share the show with friends. And as always, I cannot start the show without the big man across the table. My co-host, Big Keith, is in the house. Keith, what's going on? Not much, buddy. How are you doing? Doing okay. Yeah? I, I got... I got a little side gig I got to do this weekend. Okay. On Saturday. And then Sunday is my daughter's birthday. So we got oh, like 17 kids yep. coming, rocking and rolling okay. and all that stuff. So I'm thinking about going up to a uh, state, state park near us, Minnewaska, um, and doing a little hike on Sunday with the kids. That's cool. Frank might go with his kids. Oh, and, nice. Uh, you know, bring a little pack of lunch, just hang out. That's a good idea. Yeah, I did uh, did some FUD activities. I, I haven't shot trap in a really long time. I've been really con- I've been shooting a lot of skeet mm-hmm. more than anything else, and uh, I got a little little humbled. Uh-huh. I had a, had a rough first first gig. Happens. I, I finished. I um, I shot four rounds, and my last my last two were twenty and out of twenty five, and then I had twenty two out of twenty five. So I finished where I needed to be, but started off rough. Started off rough. <laughs> I was like, well, that's not a skeet shot. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of that. Obviously, we all love to shoot, uh, but to do that, you need ammo. <laughs> so Man, Never enough of that. Yeah. So when it's time to stock up on ammo, look no further than our friends over at Target Sports USA. Be sure to check out their new offering, New Republic Ammunition, which comes in at a great price point. But if you want to get an even better deal, be sure to sign up for their Ammo Plus membership at TargetSportsUSA.com. And if you're looking to support us here at The Gun Experiment, I'd like to ask you to follow us on Instagram and or Facebook. Uh, we're actually, you know, I was actually thinking, I think I want to start pushing into a little bit of Twitter. I, okay. I just, I want to support the the platform that is more supportive of free, freeness. Okay. Freeness. Is that a word? Uh, Freedom. It is, it is now. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm on the fence about it. Like I'm not really a big fan of Twitter per se, but I'm like, maybe I just haven't dealt Given deep it. enough into it, you know? Well, you're probably not a fan of it before it became freeness. I, I, I hate <laughs> to say, say it. I really <laughs> like Instagram. I really like, I like the visual, like I'm very visual. I like the visual aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I just hate the fact that they're like not free, you know? Yeah. I like so. to touch things a little bit more. Yeah. I'm you're just, tactile. I'm tactile. All right. That's cool. <laughs> All right. So we're going to get into this interview, but before we do, tonight's interview is brought to us by Flatline Fiber Co. Chad. Chad's the man. We're actually going to, we're going to review one of his products tonight. Oh, so, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So Flatline makes everything from slings to dumb pouches to their new IFAC pouch. Foreshadowing. Yeah. This IFAC gives you everything you need in a very small and manageable size. We're going to talk all about it. And all their products are made by hand in the USA, include free shipping, and have a lifetime warranty. So go get yourself some of their gear. But don't do it without using our discount code, GUNEXPERIMENT10, at checkout. Get yourself 10% off. And of course, thank you for supporting all the companies that support the show. We're going to get into this thing rocking and rolling. Today's guest is an Army Ranger who did four deployments conducting the Ranger mission in Afghanistan. He is currently the president and lead mentor at Tactical Cowboy Training Solutions, where they employ the measure twice, cut once philosophy. His outfit provides high-level training and creates repeatable and consistent results that ensure students will only need to cut once if the time ever arises. Without further ado, it is my pleasure to welcome Devin Soto to the show. Devin, how we doing, buddy? 
I'm doing good, man. Dang, you guys are squared away. That was an epic intro. Wow. <laughs> thank, thank you. I, I appreciate you. it. So, you, Can you live up to it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, now, now you got to do your job. <laughs> so first up, before we get things going, I want to thank you for your service. It is very much appreciated, sir. Oh, no problem. No problem. Thank you guys for being amazing Americans. Thank you. Appreciate that. So speaking of your uh, your time and service, I feel as though having the quote unquote army ranger on your resume could really open up a lot of doors for you. I, I know it certainly has for a lot of other people that I follow and, and try to keep up with. What made you decide that helping others was your calling? That's interesting. That's interesting. I've always been sort of a mentor to guys in high school in sports. And then throughout my time in Ranger Regiment, my rock, I guess you could say, was always in the fitness realm where, I've, as you know, in those kind of units, fitness is a very high level thing. So I ended up being with my team and my squad. I was the guy making all the fitness programming and everything. Okay. Getting us set up for success when we'd go out on target and stuff like that from that standpoint. So always kind of guiding people, then got out of the army, got my bachelor's in human physiology from the University of Colorado. So that's done a couple of things, helped obviously understand physical fitness and exercise science, but on the tactical side of the house, it really helps us understand the neuroscience behind how we learn. Because just like you guys mentioned, ammo is money and time is money. <laughs> yep. Also, it helps us understand like the human stress response in regards to self-defense. So those really, really tied in well. And then after college, me and my wife actually have the same degree in physiology from University of Colorado. Okay. So she went on to physical therapy school and I was planning on that. But one of my buddies who's I was, I was in with, I was doing some contracting work and he hit me up and he's like, Hey man, you don't, you're tired of school. You want to come work with us? So I was like, sure. Did that. And then when I was stateside, I started doing the mentorship and tactical cowboy thing. So that's just kind of where it all started. And yeah. So a couple of follow-up questions. You mentioned fitness. Uh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, I wish I could say that I am uh, doing my best work in the fitness realm right now. You're but doing I, better than me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I do need to get uh, get that a little bit more tightened up. I'm actually, I have a little bit of a plan for the next couple months I'm going to try to employ and get myself sort of- You're going uh, to start fasting with me? Nah, I, I, my I just, diet's- I did a 42-hour fast this week. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it works okay. for you. It works well for you though. Yeah. So Devin, I thought I read somewhere that you are opening up uh, a gym is part of your outfit, but I couldn't find it again. Did I like make that up? Are you opening a gym? Oh no, you didn't make it up. You didn't make it up. <laughs> good, good. We just so, took that. We just took that website off. It was too early. <laughs> so that's something that Tactical Cowboy has been all about from the beginning. Okay, it really came from kind of my passion for fitness, but a lot with that military experience where you're not getting into any high level unit without being extremely physically fit. And also, if you compare that to the marksmanship skills they require you to have, like the marksmanship skills are decent, but compared to the physical fitness, like you gotta be a much fitter person than a shooter, right? So we add that into all of our classes, even in our intro to pistol mechanics class, we add in physical fitness and we don't shoot under necessary like stress, but we do, Every time we check the targets, every time they go to get their new magazines, every time they go to get water, whatever, we run everywhere we go. Kind of like a little basic training type thing or whatever. But it just adds that little bit of element of stress 
to get people used to that because I just see a lot of people on the flat range completely unstressed, right? <laughs> and like, oh yeah, I'm totally going to defend myself and defend my family. It's like, man, if something goes down, your heart rate is going to go through the roof. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Gotcha. So yeah. there's a lot of great firearms instructors out there. And I always say, if you find someone you like, obviously work with them. We have, you know, our, our guys that we work with on a regular basis, but I think it's good to train with lots of different people, learn, you know, get different modalities and stuff. But you guys do something super interesting. You and your team refer to each other as mentors. Can you explain yes. that philosophy and how it sort of sets you apart? Oh, 100%. So um, in the military, I, uh, most of it is what you would consider instruction, right? Where right. they're telling you what to do, how to do it, and you're going to do it in this time frame, or we're going to mess you up. And that was fine. And, you know, you learn pretty well right there. I mean, obviously the military turns out some pretty quality soldiers and all that stuff. But I recognized in my time in Ranger Regiment and also college, and then finally in the contracting world, I always learned the most when it was a relaxed adult big boy training environment. You know what I mean by mm -hmm. that? Right. Yeah. So I always learned the best in those circumstances. And that's how I'm just a laid back guy. So that's how I like to teach people. And we wanted to set ourselves apart. Like, okay, how do we tell people that's how we train them, right? Because it's hard in like your title, unless it's a super long thing. Like, yeah, I believe in treating you like an adult and this or that and blah, 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 blah. That's so, not, that's not exactly what that means. <laughs> <laughs> big, big, yeah, so big boy training, uh, big boy. We've had a couple instructors, you know, <clears throat> start off the class by, you know, all right, it's big boy training rules around here. You know what I mean? Right, Which, exactly. you know, how, how do you explain that? I guess is sort of my question. Like what, what, how do you explain to someone who doesn't know what big boy training pants are? Do you get that? Or yeah, there guys yeah. that don't get it? That don't I'm understand? sure there's gotta be guys that don't understand what that means. Oh, uh, well at, at the beginning of our class, you know, we introduce ourselves and talk about the mentorship piece and how we're here to guide you and guide you along your path instead of be a hard, you know, this is how you do it. Because if you get stuck in that mindset, we believe strongly with marksmanship tactics fitness even right yeah. if you get stuck in that instructor mindset instead of that adaptability mentorship style mindset you're going to fall behind i just really like it because it I, i'm very big on as, as somewhat of an advocate and what we do with the show i'm i'm a bit of a believer in when you come in if you come in sort of real harsh you have a tendency to turn away newer people and that's, exactly. not, that's not how you grow the Second Amendment. That's not how we, you know, we we prol proliferate in what we're trying to do in this industry. And so, by you having more of a mentor approach, I really think that that goes a long way in making, especially newer shooters, maybe non-military people, feel like welcomed and comfortable. So I just, it's a very cool concept, and uh, you know, really well thought out on your part from both a marketing standpoint and a and a training standpoint. So good job. First. For sure. And like how we tied that into big boy rules, it's really nice because we've never had any issues like safety wise or anything from classes where it's like all new people to all high speed guys. Because mm -hmm. when we give those introductions and we talk about mentorship, the next thing we talk about is safety. But we don't just say, hey, what are the four safety rules and blah, 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 blah. We add into all those rules about representing the Second Amendment and being a professional with your firearm. 
Yep. So, and that always adds in like a, a element of pride to it. So it's not like I'm talking down to you. Yeah. Yeah. You better follow rule number three or whatever. It's like, Hey, uh, we always like to say safety is sexy. And the number one cool number one rule is always look cool. And you know, you got to <laughs> act like a professional and be a representative <laughs> of the second amendment. And if we, maybe we're still following safety, but we're doing it in a very haphazard way, you know, people like waving around pistols, like all silly and stuff. Like, even though I'm not pointing my muzzle at somebody, it doesn't look like a professional, right? And it doesn't look like a get for the two ways. So that's how we really hammer down those big boy rules. And it's really resonated. Anybody who's listened to this show for a long time knows that I had quite a journey in getting myself to carry appendix. And it was a, it was a joke for a long time that like, I just, I, I couldn't do it, you know? And uh, finally it took a lot of doing and a lot of, you know, get myself comfortable with having a gun pointed where it's pointed. And I got to say, I, I personally think from a cool factor, appendix is pretty damn cool. You know, like, I mean, like, you know, you watch pirate movies, pirates are carrying appendix. Now, it's pretty cool. Now but, you got to carry a full size 1911 appendix. Yeah. But I got to say, if you shoot your dick off, it ain't cool. So you got to have the the safety factor there for sure. You know? Yep. And that, it's funny. We had a, we just kind of, started getting popular on youtube because we had one video one like little short get a million views and it simply got people triggered i think because <laughs> we're talking about we're, we're talking a, a million about views is a million views <laughs> yeah we're talking about workspace right and it's like the number one rule is always look cool and if you're you're manipulating your rifle not in your workspace is pointed at the ground you don't look cool it's as simple as that right yeah so <laughs> so I, I noticed on uh, on <clears throat> Tactical Cowboy website that your bio talks about the name Tactical Cowboy and coming from your love of all things Western. And, you know, that was something that your grandfather had instilled on you. And as I was reading it, all of a sudden, like Hank Williams started playing in my head. And I was like, you know, <laughs> it made me wonder, like, what kind of country songs you're, you remember your grandfather listened to growing up? Like, you know, what, what did oh, that sound, man. what yeah, did that absolutely. sound like? Like you get a good version of what it looked like, but what did it sound like? I mean, of course he, when the garage, he would play, you know, the old stuff that was past my generation, but growing up with him, a lot of it would have been just what's on the radio. Right. So that okay. would have been mid nineties country. So, okay. And so Alan Jackson, Garth Brooks. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, okay. uh, we just did a night vision operator course the other night. And we we're all driving back from our range. So it's about an hour and a half drive, you know, three in the morning. And a bunch of our guys are into country music as well. And I shit you not, we were just jamming the 90s country singing <laughs> at the top of the songs like the entire drive back. It was sick. That's, That's awesome. Funny. Yeah. I, I like country, but I actually like like uh, like Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson. Like I like older country more. Oh, believe it. Yeah. I, I had a stint in the 90s, like you're talking about, Devin, that I like I, I remember a lot of those like, you know, George Strait, oh, Alan yeah. Jackson, Garth Brooks, like the, that that era of, of country music, too. And it's it's actually making me want to put a 90s country music pay, playlist together, yeah. like sitting here thinking about it. But can you let's can we talk a little bit more about your grandfather and you know like what were some of the other things that you guys did together kind of growing up in regards to shooting and, and in regards to things like that that's funny you say that so he was an advocate for those kind of things i guess you could say but he was a very busy man and he never really like you know he had a pistol and a rifle and that was it yep. i actually never shot a anything until i went into the army wow really okay yeah 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 so but 
I mean, just being with them, we did all sorts of stuff, like a lot of hands-on Midwestern type stuff. Cause I grew up in a small town, Illinois. So tinkering, fixing stuff and chores and cutting down trees and, you know, just stuff like that. Okay. How about like, I know my, my grandfather was always like, he was fixing something or in the vegetable garden and my, exactly. gra- my grandmother was like in a, in a flower garden. And I, I kind of, I've talked about it on the show. That's one thing that I regret not really paying attention to at a younger age with them was, you know, I wish I'd paid closer attention to some of that stuff, particularly. I mean, I'm good with engines and tinkering and stuff like that, but the gardening stuff, the vegetable garden and the flower garden, like I, I wish I'd paid closer attention. So did you do anything like that? Yes, we did, but I'm in the same boat as you that I would just do it. Wasn't interested, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just actually, last year we moved into this home. It's our first home. And dude, this year, the grass, it's struggling. I'm struggling to keep that grass alive oh, yeah. out here. It's rough time. this year. Mine, mine's looking rough this yeah, year. Yeah, brown around here too. I mean, <laughs> water. Unfortunately, you know, you gotta you gotta water them when when you get a few days of uh, no rain around. Yep. I think anywhere it doesn't matter where you live, but yeah, it, it's funny because you you know we're talking about your grandfather and stuff, and so I was I knew both my grandfathers, but my one grandfather he passed away of cancer when I was oh I was probably I was young maybe four, maybe six years old and you know, very young. And my other grandfather, I knew much longer, but it's funny about when people are in your life, he was the kind of person that he had the way of making you feel like you were the most important person in the room when you were there. And so even though I was very young when he passed, I still have a very strong connection to him, even though we didn't have a lot of time together. So it's uh, when I hear you talk about your grandfather, Devin, it's interesting because it's amazing how they have such an impact on your life, you know? Oh, 100%. One thing that I pretty much lived with them because I never knew my mother growing up. And then my father passed away when I was 16. Oh, so, okay. Oh, yeah. I got my grandma left. She's still she's still chugging along. Wow. wow how old is your grandma? She's mid-70s. She's okay. actually not that old. She's, okay. she's doing great. She's doing great. I, I love that you said mid-70s isn't that old. My, my dad's mid-70s and he still is driving 50, 60,000 miles a year and loving life. So awesome. I'm like, uh, nice. It's a mindset for sure. We were just in Hawaii and the, we went on a little, um, sailing canoe thing with these guys. They had two guides and me and my wife and the guy that was leading it was like 55. And he was talking about, he just had a couple on his, um, on his canoe trip or whatever the day prior. And they were his age but they were acting like they were like 80 or something, you know? They're like, oh, yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. He, and then he was thinking in his head and he was laughing about it with us. Cause yeah, he's like, yeah, you guys, you guys don't need life jackets. Do you? And we're like, no, nah, we're all right. And he's like, all right, go for it. And he started talking about them. That's, hilarious. That's, That's great. funny. So I read a review from a former student uh, that had taken, I guess, a class with you. And he said they spent a couple days off the grid learning about, small unit tactics and land navigation, how to execute recon, assault missions in the mountainous terrain. And then also the fact that they got to conduct small missions with a seven-man squad and dodging surveillance drones and patrols on ATVs. I'm not going to lie. That sounds like one of the coolest experiences ever. I don't know what course that is, but I want to take that course. Was this a class (laughs) or more of like a team building experience or like kind of like a LARPing thing? Um, I think it's all three. I think it's all three. So, yeah, last year we thought of the idea because we had a buddy. Actually, here's actually I actually didn't even think about it. So I still, when I moved out here to Utah, I started working at a local gun shop 
that has a range on it. Okay. And I was working there four days a week, then it turned into three, then two. And now we're so busy. One is a struggle, but I still put in my time there because me and the manager are really good friends and you never forget where you came from. Right. Right. Anyways. And it's good to work for some range time. Yeah, exactly. I'm sitting there one day and we're just kind of talking like, you know, something like that would be cool. And oh yeah. Like what if we made it like a mini ranger school or something? And then our other buddy comes in and here's what we're talking about. And he's like, well, you could do that on my land. And I didn't really even know this guy that well yet. He was just friendly. Now he's a really good friend. And he was like, yeah, come check it out. So then the next day I drove up to his property and I was like, dude, this could be it. And then like two months later, we got a bunch of our diehards in on it and we did it. And this year we did a whole, like in January, I put out the word. It was a whole application process. And yeah, we got 11 guys ready to rock and roll. It's That's in... That's next weekend. So what's the name of the court? What's the name of that experience, first of all? Yeah, so we wanted to make sure it was it depicted what it was in the name, right? So we call it the tactical retreat. So what it's supposed to be is exactly what you said, like a retreat, a getaway for guys, team building, and then they can sort of LARP, right? So we got this year, we got two Army Rangers, a Marine, and then a Chicago paramedic on the staff. Okay. So we're going to go over a bunch of different stuff. A lot of basic stuff, but that you'd have to do really well, you know, as you're doing your little LARPing mission. Yep. And then, yeah, we, it's a 36 hour event and we give them 36 hours and they have to use the skills we taught them or, Hey, it's like the skills they brought in before because we've got a couple of our military guys in on this one. So yeah, like whatever they do. And I have to ask how many, how many times a year do you do it? So we only do it once a year. Okay. And what is it? What does it run? If you could, no, tell. it's only a thousand bucks. Oh, oh okay. But there's an application yeah. process. So you, what are the requirements? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the requirements are basically, you're not a weirdo. I don't know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> so there is, again, just like with everything else we do, it's very physical. Okay. So we make that well known. Most of the guys that come to it are guys we already know okay. or referrals, you know, gotcha. just because. I can't have somebody out there doing this 36 hour event. Like they don't really sleep. They're up all night. Like, so it's intense. It's, it's serious. Yeah. Oh, it's serious for sure. Like the guys last year, they performed extremely well, better than, I mean, I've seen military guys do it, but the reason is, is because, you know, they're paying for it. They're putting out for it. Right. Where guys in the mill, it's like, oh gosh, we got to be out here for 36 hours. Sergeant major said, no, it's, 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 it's really cool. What it's is, a cool idea. talk to me. I want to hear a little bit about the, like you guys are, you have like another set of guys just kind of running drones, trying to like find you guys. Is yeah. That like the, the, yeah. So last year, this year, we're going to add thermal onto it as well. Wow. Wow. Last, year, <laughs> last year we had um, two guys on four wheelers, the, the guy and his brother that knew the property really well. So they're riding around on four wheelers and we had another guy uh, with a drone. And we taught them how to like, you know, okay, you hear a drone coming. What do you do? Obviously you get into the brush and stay still, right? Stuff like that. Or you hear the four wheelers, which is like, quote unquote, the bad guys patrol element. So taught them techniques like, okay, how to stay hidden and stuff. And I will say the guys on the four wheelers or the drone never saw these guys once. Wow. That's cool. I was I was stunned. I just, I saw that review and I said, that's, I mean, that's just a really cool concept. 
you know, a very cool experience for people who maybe, you know, this is the thing. We've had this conversation before. I'm sure you've seen the Dakota Meyer thing about LARPing. You've probably seen that before. Um, yeah, um, I don't, I'm not, I've, I heard about it. I'm not actually super familiar. So, okay. So basically he kind of like went on this like really massive rant about like guys LARPing. They just want to be like, you know, guys like me and Marcus Luttrell. And he just kind of went on this big rant about how like, you know, guys LARPing shouldn't, shouldn't pretend they're something that they're not basically. And then, you know, a lot of people were like, if guys want to go and have some fun and learn some skills and train, like, you know, what, what is wrong with this guy? And they kind of, he, he took some heat for it. Um, so it's kind of cool that you're embracing letting guys LARP. Like it's cool, you know? Um, yeah, man. Yeah. It's, it really just comes down to the team building and kind of like community stuff. Right. Yep. Because a lot of people, you know, they go to their desk job and they do this and they do that. There is no hardship. And on top of that, there's no hardship with the brotherhood type aspect, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. So this provides all that for them. And yeah, like we do the whole thing. We provide all the food and water, which is MREs and water. So they get the whole experience. You have some awesome training targets and tools on the Tactical uh, Cowboy website. Um, I I thought they were really awesome. I um, was saying to Mike, I was like, we need to print some of these off and do these. Mm-hmm. Um, but where did where did some of those come from? Was it your military training? So all those targets just came from when I got into the the contracting space. It was very very demanding on your skills. Like it was much much more difficult qualifications, I would say, than in special operations in the army for sure. Okay, and like, you know, the PT test wasn't that bad, but the marksmanship stuff, especially with pistol, because in Ranger yeah. Regiment, yeah, we do pistol and everything, but they don't really harp on it that much. 25 yards, some of those things, like with the, you know, with your support hand, that's, those are tough, tough shots. Yeah. yeah so that, that's the, that's the pistol and rifle roundups. Yep. So that, that pistol qual, we do that even in our intro class, like that's graded in the intro class. Okay. What yeah, for sure is there one of those out of that group? Yeah, you know, the ones that are listed on the website that you would recommend to the listeners to go look at. Yes, so I would highly, highly recommend the pistol standard and the carbine standard or the rifle standard. Okay, um, those three circles. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. So that is it's a standard for a reason. So you'd be so surprised. It's only three circles, and the first circle is ten by one, meaning beep or threat or however your stimulus is yep. and you draw and shoot one round. You do that 10 times middle circles, five by two and the final circle is two by five. So it's only 30 rounds, but that is the standard, right? And we've had plenty of guys. I made these when I was overseas with guys, these, these targets and you'd be surprised how many high speed guys even have a tough time. Like, okay, I need to be consistent and repeatable and if I, if, as if you read on the paper, it says, if you miss one round in the entire thing, it's considered a fail because yeah. if we're not consistent and repeatable at three yards, why are we trying to do all this high speed stuff? Cause there's no way I'm going to be able to repeat it under stress, you know? Right. What is the time for yeah. this? I, I'm, we're actually looking well, at it's, it. Some of it is, I think it's two seconds, second set and two yeah, and a half. So actually, so the beginner standard is there is no time standard. Just don't miss. Yeah. And which is intermediate. Like is for all of our you know, private stuff we do, all of our intro classes, like we do this at all of them. And yeah, that's a very, very important one. Just don't miss. 
And then there's times for intermediate and advanced. And there's actually an elite time standard that we do at the operator performance courses that are, aren't on the paper because we don't want people to know them. But yeah, it's not like it's like 0.75 seconds from the draw or some crazy crap like that. Right. <laughs> but it's less than two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's less than two. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I like it. Like, we should do this, Keith. I like yeah, this No, a this is a, I was really impressed by some of these. I, I've not seen such good detail on other training websites and other trainers that we've talked to. So Agreed. very, very cool. Um, awesome. And then I guess my last question that's kind of in this whole group here is how does the Utah Readiness Center tie into all this? Is that like a, I, I'm assuming that's really where you guys really train, right? Yeah. So that is our range. Okay. So I own Tactical Cowboy, and then I co-own the Utah Readiness Center with another guy. That was kind of what I figured. And, okay. It's a really big range, right? What is it? Is yeah, it's it a 350 three? yards wide, 750 yards long, right? And you just have like berms all the way around it? Yeah. Um, we have berms on the back half. So okay, essentially, okay. Um, we could use the entire range, the length of 800 yards, but the back half. So the berm right now is 350 yards wide and 200 yards deep. Wow. wow. That's crazy. Oh, how'd it's you, amazing. How did you move that much earth? <laughs> that's a lot of earth to move. Contractors. Yeah. <laughs> Holy moly. That's Paid someone else to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's amazing, man. That's cool. But yeah, that, that range is really nice because we can do what we really want to do. Right. One thing we really focus on a lot is, marksmanship with the rifle the ar-15 out to i mean we should all be consistent out to 300 yards right sure it's just most ranges and most training courses don't make you shoot past 25 right right i I mean our local range is 100 and i recently did a um a fundraiser for um um at west point um, their marksmanship um marksmanship marksmanship team through a uh, through a fundraiser there and I had never shot my rifle at 300 mm-hmm. yards, and I was just surprised that I was hitting some of the targets. So uh, it was I was doing it with a red dot, no magnification. I was like, this is crazy. I need to do this more often. It was <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, man, yeah. Yeah, we, we think that's very important. And you even see at that rifle roundup drill mm-hmm. on the website, that's that the pistol and rifle roundup, those are like considered our quals. And there's variations of them that are faster and stuff. But either way, most people find it very, very difficult to be getting a zone standing, kneeling and prone at a hundred. Yeah. But we believe it should be the standard, right? Because why do you have that weapon system? So you don't have to get inside 25 yards. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yep. I, I learned I was, um, that type of drill really put into perspective of me, um, you know, um, deviation, and, you know, mm-hmm. the idea of sighting in your rifle at 33 yards so that you can hit a 300-yard shot and it be the same, uh, you know, the same uh, point, that was I, – I, I really hadn't understood that to that level until I was forced to shoot it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you could look at the Google machine all day and be like, oh, yeah, I'll hit here at whatever distance. But until you actually do it, yeah, you don't get it. Sure. Well, the other part too is like, and I, I fall in this trap, so I'm I'm going to just kind of use myself, but I always think in terms of like, well, you know, most of the time my gun, you know, inside my house, I don't need 300 yards. I don't even need a hundred yards. You're dealing in like real close quarter kind of stuff. And so in my mind, like, like my AR has a red dot on it. But lately I've been actually really thinking, I'm actually working on a little AR build and I'm thinking about putting an LPVO on it. And my thought process is, and again, this is the LARPing part. This is the, you know, I don't think this is a reality, but 
the idea of being able to do things and having a skill set for all situations because you just never know, right? Like just because oh, the most well, likely scenario is a shot down your hallway doesn't mean it's not useful to be able to shoot out to 300 yards. It's right. still a good skill to have, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, we actually talked about that. Did you guys see our June drill of the month? I saw the video, but I didn't get a chance to watch it. I was looking through some other ones. Yeah, yeah. So it's really simple. It's just you get five chances and it's draw to one hit on steel, a C-zone steel at 100 yards with your pistol. Wow. And we wanted, yeah, we want to do it like that because I remember training with Sidewinder Concepts. Have you guys heard of him? No. Yeah, he's out of Texas. I went and visited him last year. He's an army sniper guy. But either way, I'm training with him. And I always thought this, but he really is like, yeah, I make it a huge point. He believes strongly that we should be effective with our pistol to 100 yards. And me and my buddy that I did some contract work with, army guy, he was visiting here in Utah. And I live across the street from a gym. And, you know, we were talking like, okay. If somebody was in the middle of that parking lot, 100, 125 yards away, killing people, how close do I need to be to actually do something about it? Do I want to be the guy that actually has to get 20, 15 yards away from that threat? Because that's also putting me at risk too, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why even in our intro pistol classes, like in that roundup, they're doing full grip at 25, going for alphas, but also strong and weak hand at 25. That's crazy. Because we really, really try to emphasize just being a marksman, actually, with your weapon system, right? Well, then I got a lot of work to do because 100 yards <laughs> seems really far with a pistol. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, we're pushing ourselves to 25 yards these days, but... Uh... Every once in a while when I have a guest on, you know, we talk, we talk to talk, we talk about guns, we talk about training, but every once in a while, something comes up that really piques my interest and... In the past few years, I've gotten really concerned with some of the social uh, degradation, particularly as I'm raising two small children, and, and Keith is as well. Can you tell us a little bit about the project that you're involved in called The People Restored? Oh, yeah. So that's, um, I don't, I'm not like uh, on the board or whatever. I'm sure. one of the founding members. Okay. So I'm signed up with it, but I'm not in charge over there. Okay. But I, it's still a great, I, a great concept. I just want to hear about it. Oh, yeah. So that's an organization out here in Utah. And essentially, it's a private membership, membership association that you sign up for. And there are dues associated. And you could be a family or a business. And long story short, it's essentially just a community in which there would be, you know, protections and things to fall back on, I guess. So creating a community and, oh, hey, this farmer, you know, has eggs and beef and dairy. And Devin has farm self-defense medical training. And this guy is the gold guy and this or that, whatever, right? So it's a, a membership association with businesses and families to create a community and to create protections against, you know, hey, if there's another sickness or whatever you want to say, I don't want to get your podcast banned. No, but if people you, get all of a sudden and they say, you can't go to our grocery store around here is Macy's. You can't go to Macy's. It's like, oh, well, I'm part of the people restored. So I know this guy can hook me up with everything I need, stuff like that. Okay. So when you say family versus business, so like if I'm 
if I'm a, a guy who has, you know, I don't own a store, I don't have a, I don't have chickens. I, you know, I don't really have a skills. I mean, I'm on a microphone right now. I don't know if this would really help in the apocalypse, <laughs> but uh, like, can I, as a fan, as a family member, like you buy a family membership, which I think was like 150 bucks for the year. Does that give yeah. me access to all those businesses that are also in? Is that how that works? Exactly. Exactly. And okay. you get preferred rates and you're invited to all the, uh, the social things too, but it's not just for, you know, end of world or. Yeah, no, I was just joking a little bit, but yeah, oh, you're good. You're good. A lot of it is just community building where there could also be things in there like, Hey, you post on the website. Hey, does anybody do homeschooling or I'm looking to get into homeschooling and such and such. That's cause that's pretty popular around here. Yep. Someone might be like, Oh yeah, I can help you out. Or yeah, I do it. Do you want me to teach your kids? I don't know. Swimming yep. lessons. Stuff like that, where instead of outsourcing everything, you're insourcing it within your community. Are there morals and values aligned for the most part? Yes. Yeah. And I believe that's on the website. Yeah. Believe, well, because that's my that question is like, what is the, because I'm, I'm really interested in this. Like, what are the assurances that someone doesn't, like a troll doesn't get in there and then start like, you know, outing people and whatnot? Like how, exactly. how do they do that? So there isn't a political affiliation because- we don't necessarily believe that any political affiliation is perfect, right? Because sure. obviously not. Yep. Um, but there is when you get into it, like you essentially, because it's a private membership association is a, a legal thing. Yeah, you know there's, a, I mean? there's a contract law I was reading. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so there is actually a contract that states, hey, you know, it's not like you have to, I don't know, go to church every Sunday, but it's, <laughs> You know, you live by these values and whatever. And for some reason, if somebody would get into the community that I guess you could say he's a thief or something, you know, that would obviously right. be against the contract. And then they could eliminate you from the group. And that also makes the contract more valid, right? Because you actually enforce it and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. When we were doing research for the show tonight, this really caught my attention too while researching and I kind of stumbled upon it. And the one thing that I really kind of was interested in uh that mike and i differed on was the goldbacks do you do you yeah. participate do you buy some goldbacks do you use that to yeah that's the thing that the uh, the creators of the people who are stored are working on getting it so where people in the organization could actually pay the the businesses involved in goldbacks yeah i haven't like it hasn't exactly come to culmination yet but okay. i mean I have some gold, right? I think it's a good idea. That being said, at the end of the day, is it inflation proof? It's hard to say. <laughs> well, I don't. That's kind of where I am. I'm. I'm always, you know, I understand this idea of, you know, even before societies were a thing, gold was a thing, right? The Egypts were e Egyptians were all over gold and all that stuff. And there's only so much gold in the entire world, right? And they're not making any more. Yeah. So I, I get that concept part of it, but in crap hit the, the fan situations what's more valuable i i, I don't know i'm i'm kind of like i think hard goods are more ammo yeah. vegetables meat yeah that's going to be more valuable. skills skills you know, you know being able to barter having a good support group right. you know right. you're gonna you're gonna protect my family because you and have i guns, think this is it too provide food that's a that's a good barter system and i do think the people restored is something that that is what i think you guys are trying to do um but is it is is it do you think they want to try to get this more um, 
more countrywide besides just Utah? Because I, I looked through the 300 businesses and a lot of them were, in, I think all of them were in Utah, if I remember correctly. But um, yeah. So, yeah I, so right now <laughs> the focus is for sure in Utah, for sure. And I think a lot of that has to do with putting, I mean, you saw kind of on the Utah Readiness Center, right? Yep. Yeah. It's like our, our mission for Utah. Yep. Because as many people have seen, it's pretty tough to affect national stuff, but you can affect stuff in your own backyard 100%, right? Well, what I like is, it, I think it says in the very first page is like something about being like canceled, right? Like it's kind of the, and I, yeah. and I, and, and that's just something that's a crazy concept to me is the idea that people can't even speak their mind on their opinions of how they want to raise their children or how they, you know, how they want to conduct their lives without it turning into a, well, because you aren't towing the line that you should be towing societally, you're going to get canceled. Like that's like a, that, that is just so anti-American to me. You know, there's things that I don't agree with, uh, that I'm like, but you're an adult and you have the right to make decisions on your own and that's fine. I just, I'm not going to partake, but it is not always reciprocal. (laughs) For sure. For sure. But yeah, that's going to be an awesome thing. And yeah, well, Kind of going back to the fitness stuff, because I, I just want to talk about it because I'm sure. so excited. I want to tell you guys. No, no, go back to it. <laughs> yeah. So what I was getting at, you know, Tactical Cowboy has been so involved with fitness for all of our classes, from even the intro to the operator performance classes, which could be fun to talk about as well. But either way, um, we've pushed it and it's been a huge part of my life. And then recently I ended up meeting Mike with Fieldcraft Survival uh-huh. on the Black Rifle podcast. Did you guys end up? Did you see I was on that? Did you listen to yeah. it at all? I, I saw oh, a couple cool. videos of you uh, on it recently. I don't remember the dates of them, but I, I did I did watch uh, oh, cool. a little bit of one. Yeah, you, so are you, near, are there, you near him? Are you near, near Mike? Because I know he's in Utah oh, as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. We live like 40 minutes away. Oh, really cool. Awesome. Yeah, so we ended up hitting it off, and he's moving his headquarters down to Provo, which is like five minutes from my house, so. Long story short, they're doing a new headquarters and we are creating a, that physical fitness facility inside of it. So it's going to be like a functional training site with group training. And yeah, we're going to recreate just like we did with CCTS, go that quality over quantity mentorship style with the fitness. Because we always tell all of our all of our Tactical Cowboy family, we call it, we're always preaching fitness. Well, now we're finally going to put our money where our mouth is and actually provide something. So it's that's cool. Well, that's cool. So kind of an, uh, a, you know, I guess a funny question, but it, uh, as I was, I, there's not a lot of written articles ab- about you, Devin. So I, uh, I ever, as I was searching for things, I, I came across the heritage rough rider, tactical cowboy, 22 Re- revolver. It kept coming <laughs> up all over the time. Uh, do people associate you with that? Um, no, actually. So that came out, year or two ago, right? Something yeah, like something like that. I think it was a couple of years ago, but I yeah, was like, yeah. it just kept popping up every time I was like searching for different ways to like your name first, Tactical Cowboy second, Tactical Cowboy first, your name second, you know, like I throw an army ranger in there, like I, all these different types of versions and everything It kept coming up, Heritage, Rough Rider, Tactical Cowboy. I was like, people must think he is a part of this. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, that, that, that came up about like a year after we started, I think. My manager at the gun store showed me. Yeah, it was pretty funny. 
That thing looks like crap. It does look terrible. <laughs> Thank you for saying it. It does look so bad. That's great. Uh, like it's it, for the listeners. It's an old Western revolver with uh with a rail attached to the top of it. <laughs> and uh, right. um, I don't know. I th- it's like two hundred bucks or something like that. Um, but it also then led me to want to ask you: Is tactical cowboy trademarked? You might want to get on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's there's a couple other YouTube channels and a couple other. Um, social media pages before us that called themselves that, but but trademark like, trademark yeah. laws are who gets there first, yeah. buddy. <laughs> you might be right? like, yeah, you want to be the one. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. My wife actually um, thought of that title because we were trying to think of something we wanted to be the opposite of a lot of other training companies that are you know, you know, I don't know, whatever. Just something they're all super high speed and tactical and oh yeah, I'm like a night vision operator. I don't know, all this crazy stuff. And our style, you know, we wanted to be mentors, we wanted to have a relaxed training environment, guide people, like quality over quantity. And we're like, okay, how do we convey that in a title? And then, you know, I'm into all things Western. My grandfather got me into that stuff. And my wife, she's the one who thought of it, you know, because we're out here living in Utah ranches and horses and cowboy stuff's popular and she's like why not tactical cowboy and at first i was like oh man that's way too cheesy <laughs> <laughs> but you wear the but hat you like, wear the cowboy hat and everything it's kind of a cool it's cool she, she warmed you up oh, to, she yeah. warmed you up well, to it a lot of people think it's cool then a lot of other people they're like you're not a real cowboy in the internet but hey comments the comments help the engagement yeah sure. that's true listen i think it's really cool the only thing i don't like about this whole thing is the fact that you're all the way out there and we're all the way out here and <laughs> that's the only part i don't like you ever travel where you, sorry where are you guys based out oh, again man, we don't even want to say it we are deep behind enemy lines in new york state yeah yeah that's what you said so when are you guys going to come out for some class? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, the price point of that weekend yeah. sounds awesome. I, we got to get in shape though, Keith. Well, you, you're way better than me. I mean, I can, I'll be slow and hide a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd love, I'd yes, love so. to do a little West coast tour, man. That'd be awesome. Bring them, bring our microphones, do some podcasting. It'd be, be an awesome time. I I've watched, I watched a, a bunch of your videos, uh, to kind of like you really get a better feel about tactical cowboy and what you guys are doing. And you actually mentioned it earlier. Uh, so it's funny cause we were thinking along the same lines, but I really like your video on looking cool, safe is sexy. And I want to <laughs> yeah. talk, I just want to talk about it. You talked about it a little bit, but um, you also had a video where you talked about ways to train getting off the X and how like, you know, if you do a reload, just take a couple steps to the right and you know, in between, if you're two, shoot, engaging two targets, shoot one, take two steps to the right, shoot the other one. And you even said during that something about like uh, stay, staying on the X isn't sexy or something. So I, I just think it's funny that you you bring in sort of the cool factor and, you know, safe, safe is sexy because I'm all about that. Like you, you can't see us right now, but uh, if we ever get, maybe we'll get Jets to New York someday. We'll, we'll do a swap. We'll come to Utah, you come to New York. But our studio is like all black and then there's like uh, like graffiti, and then we have like what we call the the Miami Vice wall. It's like a, it's like a pink neon with like blue lights. And so I'm all about like kind of like you were saying tactical cowboy, like sort of like not that typical stuff. I like kind of like atypical. So h- how has that worked for you? Obviously, you got a lot of clicks on that, but how has that sort of like looking cool thing worked for you overall? Oh, it's worked. It's worked really, really, really well. And I think it's because we always associate it with 
you know, having good fundamentals or acting like a professional with a firearm. It's not just like, oh, wear a cowboy hat and look cool. Right. But, you know, if you're doing something that's, it looks good, it's probably also tactically sound and also safe, right? Yep. And then everybody wants to look cool on camera because this course. is the, it's the age of, like you said, Instagram or whatever. And we've always got our high-speed media guy there, Blake. He's awesome. Beehive Media. And I'm always like, all right, you know, we teach him all the safety stuff, this or that. And it's like, yeah, if you feel like, oh, man, I wouldn't want Blake to have the camera on me right now, it's either not safe or it's not tactically sound. So we always want to look cool. Yep. And I originally got it from Range Regiment because they would always say, what's the number one rule of being a special operator? Always look cool. <laughs> and <then> don't get- <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because like right now, who's the coolest on screen operator? It's like John Wick, right? And like, <laughs> like, but but what's cool about Keanu Reeves is he actually is doing that shit, right? Like he's going out to Terran Tactical and he's actually learning. He learned how to operate. And don't get me wrong, I know there's special effects and stuff, and it's movie, but that guy can run a gun. You know, that guy can that guy can shoot. And when you see guys actually like operating a firearm, and I don't mean operating like in the space, but actually physically operating a firearm. And they're doing it right. And, you know, whatever, you know, you're doing a press check, you're doing whatever you're doing, you're right. Mm-hmm. Aesthetically, it looks really cool. But if it's got a function to it, then you're doing it right. It's almost cooler. Yeah, it's even better. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, that's why, that's why, cool. yeah, that's why I think Keanu Reeves is so cool is because he's doing it and it looks cool, but he's actually physically doing it. They're not like, you know, using hand exactly. doubles. Exactly. Yeah, it just, it was a really good way. So keep it fun, right? Yep. It's no. like it's a fun way to talk about safety. It's a fun way to talking about be a professional and an advocate for the Second Amendment and all that stuff. So it really just comes full circle. That's awesome. So we're gonna move on to run and gun, uh, but I want you to be able to tell everyone where they can find you online. And I also have links to everything in the show note. But where where can we get you? Yeah, see, you guys absolutely crushed that in the beginning of your podcast. I need to get more like that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we've got. Instagram is at tactical cowboy zero one. The YouTube is if you did the at thing on YouTube, that is tactical cowboy zero one. But the actual, the actual like channel name is tactical cowboy. Our website is www.thetacticalcowboy.com. And our fitness facility is going to be called performance and recovery group. And that's going to be performance and recovery group.com. And also for the Utah Readiness Center, our range is the utahreadinesscenter.com. So also you can hit me up on LinkedIn if you want to chat or something. <laughs> awesome. So I do want to get to run and gun like we talked about, but before I do, I want to talk about fourpatriots.com. You've heard me mention my food preps before, and that's because I feel it's an important part of self-preparedness. And Four Patriots provides long-lasting and delicious food options that are specifically designed to provide you and your loved ones with the sustenance you need when you need it most and all at a very affordable price, at least according to Keith's math. All four <laughs> Patriots survival food kits are hand-packed in the USA. They last for 25 years, include a wide variety of delicious breakfast, lunches, and dinners, and are backed by thousands of five-star customer reviews. Be sure to get 10% off anything you order with our discount code GUNEXPERIMENT10. So, Devin, on to run and gun. We gave you the rundown. It is timed. I want to see someone break the record. So I'm going to give you, I, I don't normally do this, but I'm going to be, give you a little don't. helpful hint. Oh, you're going to do it. I'm going to give him a little helpful hint. First thing that comes to your mind. 
Don't overthink it, brother. This is trivia? Bring no, it. not at all. No, it's personal. I'm going to ask you a question. You give me the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready? All right. Hopefully it's nothing dirty. No, 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 no nothing no. dirty. Okay, here we go. Ready? Number one, what is your favorite gun in your personal collection? Glock 17. What gun would you buy if money was no object? Glock 17. <laughs> if you could have a drink with one person living or dead, who would it be? Grandfather. Favorite caliber? 223. Favorite hobby, not gun related? Fitness. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Time, or the... Um, not time travel, like the the ability to alter time, slow it down, reverse, speed it up. All hell breaks loose. Is it better to be armed or trained? Trained. Is it better to be loved or feared? Loved. Rifle, pistol, or shotgun? Rifle. You're in the worst scenario imaginable. Who do you want to have your back other than your spouse? Ooh, my buddy, Justin. It's time for Top Gear. Let us test it before you invest it. He, he just, you, you had a couple of hesitations. 52-22. The record is 36-8. You, oh, were, geez, 30, you, you were coasting along. <laughs> you were doing pretty good. There was a point where I was like, okay, top three, top three. He's got it. Yep, and then a couple <laughs> caught you. But overall, pretty good. Probably a little better than middle of the pack, I'd say, right? Uh, it's about middle. Okay. Uh, yeah, fifty seconds is like that middle ground part. Any, any, once nice. you get below forty nine seconds, then it starts going fast, like forty eight, forty six, forty three, forty two, forty two, forty one. Yeah, yeah, that I was trying to explain, like me and the my time, wife. Yeah, you should have just said time travel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, it's not time travel. It's it, the ability. It's a superpower. To... Time travel is a superpower. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Glock, dude, Glock seventeen. I got one right here. It's my carry piece. I've run a Glock 17 overseas for like eight years. The damn thing works. I they do. Love this. They do work. So we're going to do Top Gear. Uh, Top Gear is brought to us by Ridgeline Defense. Ridgeline is one of the nation's premier training facilities and offers a program based on proven tactics and real world experience. Their highly trained staff specializes in pistol, carbine, precision rifle, breaching, sniper operations, and low visibility force protection. If you're looking to take your skills to the next level, you found your new training partner. Check them out at RidgelineShooting.com. So on this episode of Top Gear, we're going to review The Pimp, I love that name, <laughs> and the GBRS Hydra Optic Mount. So uh, Flatline Fiberco, who is uh, one of our sponsors, they uh, reached out to Chad and we were talking a while back and he's like, yeah, I'm making a, uh, I was like, what's new? He's like, I'm making an IFAC. And I'm like, cool, man. I'm, I need an IFAC for my, uh, my battle belt. When's it coming out? And man, it felt like Chad, if you're listening, man, it felt like it was taking forever. Man. I wanted that thing so bad. And finally we got them in our hands and these things, Chad, you did not, you did not Failed to deliver. No, I, I think I, I immediately went home and tore apart <laughs> another kit that I had to build to, it. to build this one up. <laughs> yeah. So I, I the problem I was having was I wanted something that was small, but I wanted something that could also carry pretty much everything, right? Yeah. And in a small packet, and that's and hard, that's hard, right? It's hard. It's hard to meet that sort of middle ground. Like I, Devin, I'm sure you, I'm sure you've had this problem, right? Like you're always sort of making compromises, right? Oh, for sure. So. This, basically, it's a three-part system. 
there's a bun there's a bungee sleeve. So basically it's like two pieces of material. The bottom is attached by Velcro rings that you can make bigger or smaller. So you could expand it to give it more room or kind of condense it to make it less room. And then the top of the sleeve has bungee cord. And so again, you can kind of stretch it out and like cinch it up. So that's the sleeve. Then there's an insert. The insert just flaps open. It's got Velcro. It opens up and it's got a, a place to put gloves. And then it's got one um, elastic sort of a, a piece that you can stuff your gear under. And then it kind of folds up almost like a, like a taco. And then that slides into the bungee sleeve. And it's got handles on both sides that you can grip from one or the other, either hand. So if an, an arm is injured, you can grab the other side. And then this was like the selling point. It also has a out, an outside part where you put a pair of shears and the shears have a little tab that keep them in place so you don't lose it. And it actually acts as like another handle. So it, like it's a big thing to grab onto and rip that thing out of the sleeve. So it, it's cool because the actual shears go into the insert, not the sleeve. So when you pull it, the whole insert will come out. And then the third part of the system is there's a tourniquet slash Sharpie marker dangler. So it actually will hang underneath and you can have a tourniquet hanging under. So I have the full kit. I chose not to run the tourniquet dangler because I have my tourniquet on the front of my battle belt. I um, did use a tur the tourniquet dangler. Cool. Um, how did you feel about that? It, good? it didn't, hasn't interfered with anything. I ran it at a competition right after that, that same weekend I got it. Have you tried to rip it out? <clears throat> have, you, have you given it a I tug? haven't practiced with that. I, uh, I, I probably should. That, that I do feel a little uh, guilty about now that I'm saying it. Um, but it didn't interfere with my, uh, my training at all for the weekend. Cool. I didn't have any problems. So mine is holding the following. It has gloves. It has two chest seals. It has a pressure dressing, compressed gauze, a survival blanket, uh, nasal pharyngeal, and then it has a mini sharper inside, mini sharpie inside. But I also have one on the outside of my belt as well, and then a pair of shears. So really, I mean, it kind of has everything that you would need in like a T triple C uh, insert. That's actually what what uh, if you choose to buy the insert medical insert from them, that's what it is. It's a uh, Rescue Essentials T triple C refill pack, and it's what I'm running in in mine, and so. Like all their products, it's made in the U.S., has a lifetime warranty. If you get just the pouch and the and the insert, the uh, the sleeve, it's $75. If you get that plus the tourniquet dangler, it's $85. And if you get the pouch, the dangler, and the medical gear, it's $165. So, I mean, pretty, pretty reasonable. Um, What's for, the list of the medical gear that he puts in? I'm just trying to find it here on the website. So that actual, the actual gear it comes with. Oh, here we go. Is gloves, chest seals, pressure dressing, two compressed gauze, packs of compressed gauze, a survival blanket, I believe, nasal pharyngeal, and a mini Sharpie. No, no a, survival blanket. Okay. Mini Sharpie and a pair of shears. I think I bought the survival blanket on my own. Yeah. So. so my my pack out was very similar to yours. Uh, I think I stuffed a few more like things in there just to do it, like some boo-boo bandages and um, burn gel, um, antiseptic wipes. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any like what stood out besides the ones that you had. And I think think that was about it. But yeah. I, I put pretty much everything that you had in there um, as well. Unlike you. 
I did rip mine out a few times. So I gave it a few good like test runs. Like I kind of, I, I, so I tried. I didn't feel like I had to because I felt like it's going to work. Yeah, no, I just wanted to just try it. So what I will say is if you grab these shears and you yank it, I was like, well, is it going to like rip the shears out, but not the, not the pouch? It, it, the whole thing comes out. Yeah. And if you pull from the side that the shears aren't on, the shears will go with it that way. Like it's going to come out. Do you carry yours more towards the front? I carried mine like in the back. back. Small my back. Yeah. Small my back. Which is where it's. Which my back's not small, but. It's designed for that, I would say. (laughs) The only, the only negative, if I had, I always like to try to find something and I'm like, Hey, we could do this better. The only thing is it has these little, like they're handles. That's what they are on the, on the insert that when you, you can grab from either side and you can pull, I would, they're a little bit small for, I feel like if God forbid, like something happened where you're bleeding out, you could be like, where is this stupid handle? I can't find it. Mm. I will say the shears makes it. From at least the one side, you could grab that. But that's the only thing as I kind of wish that the handles were just maybe a little bit bigger or a little more pronounced. But that's a, I mean, I'm really kind of stretching. You're nitpicking. I'm nitpicking. I'm I'm, sorry, Chad. I got to find something. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you come in, you're like an auditor. You come in with a blank piece of paper. You got to fill it with something. I got it. I got to give you something, Chad. That's the only thing though. Everything else, I mean, it's worked perfectly. And the other thing I like is this. When you, like I ripped it out today a couple times just to give it a couple trial runs again. And I'm like, now I got to get this thing back in. Like I got to put, yeah. put it back in. You know what? You undo the bungee, you you loosen up the bungee, you spread it out, it slides in, you tighten up the bungee and you're ready to rock and roll. Like you could, if you wanted to add to your training regiment where you're like, hey, like, you know, we're going to take four shots, run, and then like, you know, mimic being hurt and pull out an IFAC just to kind of get that motion down. I, I'm always like, yeah, but then I got to stuff the thing back in. It's actually really easy to do. Oh, I don't, I see what, I, I'm listening to you talk about pulling the shears. Yep. And I didn't loop it. Ah. So I see this little loop around one uh, Yeah. One hole of the shears. That's. See, that's like, why we do this show. Yeah. Look, 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 you're learning. I'm learning. Right? I didn't notice that loop. Learning's fun. Yep. Learning, learning is cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Everything those guys do is great, and this is no exception. It, it's a very well-thought-out system. He was not, when he told me he had a good concept of how he wanted to, you know, make this thing work, I was I was like, how's he going to put the shears that The way? color selections on these are awesome, too. I don't think we're really, you know, giving him enough credit or talking about that yeah, enough on that. Drop that list. What do you um, got? I mean, you got Black, Coyote, Ranger Green, Wolf Glade, Multicam, Multicam Tropic, which is always a fan favorite, <laughs> uh, Multicam Black, and Woodland. Yeah. Yep. So lots of cool colors here. And, uh, you know, I just, I felt like, you know, I have a Blue Alpha Battle Belt and, you know, a couple flat, I have a flatline dump pouch and now this flatline um, IVAC and they match. Like yeah. I went with gray because that's my battle belt. They look the same. Yep. Like it's it's yeah. really good. The other thing I will say that's cool is when you open up the actual, like when you pull it out and you open the IFAC, the glove pouch. So there's a little tiny place to put your gloves. And what <laughs> I thought was cool about that is, listen, you know, the IFAC is, it's an individual first aid kit, but 
let's be honest, a lot of times you could be using it for someone else, right? Well, it's an individual. It might not be you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So what I liked about that is if you, when you open that up, the gloves are right there. So like, if you're getting ready to get down and dirty and work on someone, you don't be like spilling stuff all over. Like the gloves are right there. It's like the most prominent place. Or, you know, you didn't, you didn't do a good job using, uh, licking your fingers from lunch. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You don't want to get some like finger licking good up in that cut. Right. All right, we're going uh, off the rails here. Yeah, so, Devin, I I need you to save us. All right, so talk about the GBRS Hydra Optic Mount. All right, so I got it right here in front of me, and you guys looked it up online, correct? Yeah, we're looking at it right now. We did, and you had said something when I spoke to you that it's a little controversial, and I want to know, I'm spicy. I like controversy. What's- yeah, so that's actually why I ended up getting into it. So... It's a tall optic mount, so basically it brings your optic to about three inches off the uh, bore or three inches off the rail or whatever, which is pretty damn tall. If you guys can look at it online, you'll see it's probably taller than any other optic mount out there. Yep. And I, back before I ran this, I never ran, you know, a Unity or anything taller than one-third co-witness. So I was all about just regular height everything. So I was actually not a believer in this mount. And I was overseas working with a bunch of guys that mostly were against it, right? And we're running night vision and everything. And I was running passive aiming through night vision. You know what I mean by that? Yes, I do not. Yeah, so I was running that with a regular head optic and everything. But the GBRS guys, there are a couple couple SEALs out of Virginia Beach, and they created this. And it's very, very expensive. And they are very highly qualified. But they in, they, in a tasteful way, they let you know, and they put out really good information. But you know how that could be, right? Guys being like, oh, they're all full of themselves and stuff like that. So I'm sure, I'm not on Reddit, but I'm sure if you got on there, you could find out a bunch of stuff. <laughs> yeah, so we'll define way, very expensive. It's 500 bucks. Yeah, you can buy another gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Glock 17. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I could buy a Glock 17 with it. Either way, I was not a fan, right? But then everybody I talked to was, not everybody, but most people I talked to were so against it, right? And these are all experienced dudes. They're like, oh, you don't need that. Then your laser is going to be way too off from your bore and all that. Either way, whatever. doesn't matter. Um, You know, I was like, you know what? I'm going to have an open mind and I'm going to try this out. So then I was like, all right, let me see if they'll give any vets or guys doing stuff a discount, right? LE or whatever you want to call it contractor type thing they got back immediately they're very responsive and actually i talked to the owner and me and him still talk to this day decently often and he's like you know what man i explained to my situation this is what i do he's like you know what we'll just send one to you so you can tea and eat it and i was like damn all right sweet that's cool so got back from overseas and i was like dang this thing is so tall anyways (laughs) <laughs> started running it thinking what everybody else thinks about these tall mounts, right? They all, or maybe they, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of the chatter is from what I hear is you're not going to be able to shoot at distance with it. You're not going to be able to shoot in the prone and all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Is that stuff you guys have heard before? Well, I don't know much about this, but so I, I'm assuming what you, when you say that, like you, like shooting from the prone, you're talking about because you're sort of in a fixed position with your cheek weld and this is yeah. a lot higher. So up. I could almost see that point, but it looks comfortable standing up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So exactly. Because with this system, it's so tall. 
you do not get a cheat code whatsoever. Right. The most thing you get is your chin. If you've got like a chiseled chin, if not, I guess it's just like your, your chin fat is on it or whatever. <laughs> one, one, of you, one of your chins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of your, one of your chins. Is on <laughs> Either way. So, cause you know, it's, oh, it's not repeatable, this or that, whatever. So I ended up throwing an EOTech on it because an EOTech and a 5X magnifier behind it, mm-hmm. it's been really nice because it is damn near parallax free, at least as parallax free as I'm going to get out of a red dot for sure. Yep. And then also if I had an LPVO on this thing, that wouldn't make sense at all because it's kind of meant for night vision use. Okay. And yeah. That, that not having a consistent face position on an LPVO would be a nightmare. Yeah. It'd be horrible. Exactly. Yeah. Anyways, toss this EOTech ESPX 3-4 on it. And all the reviews I saw online, which were very minimal, only were about doing this with CQB, which is what they designed it for. Okay. In a way. But I was like, well, I don't. I mean, I we do CQB classes and I'm all about that fun stuff. But we shoot at least 100 to 600 during all of our rifles, all rifle classes and courses of fire. So I'm like, okay. Let me try this thing out. And I am extremely impressed. I have had zero issues shooting in the prone with this out to about 400 is what we've done it. And then we've gone on a tripod out to 600 consistently with this setup. Wow. What's really crazy is with a hundred yard zero, this EXP S three dash four, you know how it has that drop, that BDC in it at, for four five and 600. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's actually dead on. So I can put that 600 yard BDC on the, on a steel target, not not like a three inch plate or something, right? So this like is really plate. designed to have for for people who are listening. It's basically like think of a typical red dot mount, but super high, and then in yep. front of it, it has a pick rail that you would basically put like a mall on for an IR. Yeah, and if you're trying to visualize it, I almost think of it as like those uh, high high. Um, High diving boards and then like yes. the one underneath it. It does. So that, like that that front pick tail, you know, bar is like is like the the lower level of the of it, the high diving board. It does look like a <laughs> couple of diving boards. That's actually a pretty good visual. Oh, but yeah. But am I right about that though? It's red dot mall in the front and or, or IR in the front, and then it sounds like you what you're doing is you're putting in a magnifier behind the red dot to kind of give you that that distance that you're looking for. Exactly. So Unity partnered with GBRS to create that because they didn't have anything that tall okay but either way yeah close up this mountain has been fantastic and the holds have been no issue i am I ended up going with a hundred yard zero because it's so tall right if i did anything like a 33 or a 50 i didn't want to have to deal with any crazy bullet rising stuff at like one 200 right mm-hmm. so i ended up going with a hundred yard zero the bdc is dead on with the eotech so it's I feel super confident with it out to 600 and under night vision, this thing is a dream. Hmm. The reasons being one, it keeps the weight really far back on the rifle, right? Cause yeah. I don't have anything but my light up front where normally your IR would be more up front. Correct. Exactly. I'm talking, and, I'm uh, by the way, I'm talking completely out my ass cause I don't know a lot about night vision, but I'm starting to learn it. So I <laughs> typically it's run up front though. Correct. Yeah. And it's such a nice upright heads up display when you, a lot of us guys nowadays are actually, you know, like the IR laser and all that. A lot of guys are aiming with that in the past. Yeah. Right. Nowadays, that's almost like a backup. And a lot of us are running, actually, you're looking down your night vision tube through your optic. Right. 
Yeah. So this height is fantastic for that because mm-hmm. you don't have to scrunch your head down, get your tubes behind it. Yep. It comes up perfectly. And so yeah, the only- th- that's the one thing that I feel like, sorry to interrupt Mike. That's the one thing I feel like I see like right off the bat is a lot more comfort comfort when you're wearing a helmet and oh, you yeah. know, nods and all that other stuff, because you're able to keep your head like up so straight, you know? Yeah, I can see that. I, I actually, I do see that as a benefit when you're, like you said, like lining your tubes up. But the the only thing is, I, I really feel like like losing your cheek weld though would really be would could, like throw you off. I don't. Am I, how did you yeah, get used to? I don't that? think I don't think that's a problem. I think that's in your head. Um, yeah. it just so, seems so high. Yeah, initially I thought it was going to be a problem in the prone, especially right. And prone, I can see. Yeah, yeah, but it has not been. Just for me, just for my the size of my face, mm-hmm. I do have a spot on my chin where it touches the buttstock consistently. Okay. But that's also why I went with a true holographic in an EOTech because if there is deviation, I have the best chance of being as close to parallax free as possible. Right. You know, so I, this was not planned, but it's kind of the show taking us in this direction. And you'd said how people were very... It, it's controversial. People are kind of like, you know, poo-pooed on the idea of this thing. Why do you think it is that when stuff comes out, everyone, like nobody wants to give shit a chance. It's like, if this is how it's been, it's got to stay this way. Just, like, is that just human nature or? Yeah, I think so. It's not just this industry, right? No. No. Yeah. It, it's all sorts of industries. Yeah. And I think one of the main reasons is, is because, you know, when these guys came up with their business, the first time tons of people I know saw their business is this mount. Right. Right. And a lot of people, I guess you could say talked crap on it because they're like, Oh, well you're reinventing the wheel. It's not necessary. And then we know the lasers up here to free up rail space. So then your hand doesn't get in the way of anything. So you can have your natural grip, which I love. Right. And they're like, Oh, you guys are just reinventing the wheel for no reason and charging people $500. And well, it is expensive. Right? I was like, the There's price no point doubt. doesn't help their case. You know, like when you something's no. expensive, that doesn't help your case. But it's just funny because every once in a while something comes out that like people don't do that to. And like it revolutionizes like, you know, like like we talk about a lot on the show, Keith, like the 2011. Like that's a pretty, at this point, like I think like it's- Pe- pre- People poo-pooed that. For a while, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess maybe now is kind of in it's like it's sort of renaissance maybe. Yeah, I think like this will get that way too. But yeah, I, I think it is human. You know, w- change is hard. Yeah, people don't want to change. It's like the EV car, right? Yeah, it's like yep. Yeah. But either way, overall, my experience, I've had this since late January, and we've shot six thousand rounds out of this system with it at all close ranges, night vision stuff, CQB, and out to distance consistently and. I have to say, I'm going to keep running. I am extremely, extremely happy with it. I'm surprised. Cool. Very, very cool. Thanks for the review. I appreciate it. So Devin, I, uh, I want to thank you for spending time with us as a lifelong learner. I, I really appreciate your teaching philosophy and admire your desire to genuinely help people achieve their goals, not only in shooting, but we talked about it in, in their physical endeavors, but overall life in general, it seems like. If we ever make it out to Utah, we're definitely gonna have to train with your team. I, I would, I really would enjoy that. Oh yeah, we're gonna make it happen. We'll get you guys out here, and we'll <laughs> do a podcast on video and down here in my studio in the basement. It's gonna be sick. That awesome. sounds good. Love it. 
To everyone listening, we want to thank you again for taking time out of your day to tune into our show. You can find links in the show notes to all of our social media. So be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Discord so we can keep the conversation going. Gentlemen, thank you so much for the conversation. 